Hey, fresh ad read today because I want you to know that my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is coming out on November 14th of this year. This book is the culmination of all the research I've been doing on motivation for the last six months. In this book, you'll gain a fresh perspective on how motivation actually works, and by the time you finish reading, you'll understand how to leverage your motivation to accomplish your most important goals. I'm so excited for this book to come out, and you don't have to wait until November 14th to purchase your copy. In fact, you can go on Amazon and pre-order your copy today, and you'll receive an instant download via Kindle whenever the book becomes available. You can also wait to buy the paper book on November 14th if you want to have a copy to take notes in, or if you want to bring me a copy and have me sign it for you. That's totally fine as well. I'll include a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes if you want to go ahead and pre-order, and I would be honored if you would help spread the word about the book to others who may also be looking for some extra motivation. As a special treat for listening to the show, I'll include a link to read the introduction right away for free on my website. You can hit pause and read it now if you want, or you can wait until you finish listening to the awesome conversation that you're about to hear. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks for tuning in today. It's hard to believe that we're already in October and we'll be talking about New Year's and goals and resolutions here before too long. But don't worry, we are also very pro Thanksgiving and Christmas on this podcast, so we're not there just yet. It is right around the corner, but we've still got plenty of 2023 left. Hey, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. That will give you easy access to all of our new episodes as they release. Typically, we have a new episode every Thursday, as well as a few bonus episodes sprinkled in throughout the month. We would also love it if you'd give us a review and a rating. If you find the content helpful, it will help us expand our platform and take this message to more people who may find what we're doing beneficial. Today, we're talking with Logan Lesser. Logan is only 19 years old, but he is a business owner, an online coach, a national motocross champion. I don't want to tell you about what I was doing at 19 years old because I will fall way short in comparison with what you're about to hear from Logan. He is passionate about helping people build the best version of themselves, both physically and mentally, in order to push through adversity and live a life they're excited about. Logan and I had a great conversation about mindset, about learning to lose and win well, and I think you're going to find a lot of practical and actionable takeaways from our conversation. So with that in mind, let's dive in. Here's Logan. Hey, Logan. Thanks for coming on the show. Excited to talk with you. Yeah, Brady. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. And you blew me away earlier when you told me you're only 19 years old because I'm looking at your profile, thinking about all these things that you've done, the motocross, the businesses, the world travel. But maybe we we start with the motocross piece. So you're a state yeah. and national champion motocross racer. I'm curious about how you got into racing. 
Yeah, so my family is full of racers, my pretty much my entire family. So I was actually the first time I was on a track, I was still in my mom's stomach because she raced a national race while pregnant with me. Oh, I'm pretty wow. sure like very early stages of the pregnancy. So it wasn't like a bad thing for her to do. But uh, but no, it's pretty funny. And then um, and yeah, and then they just got me into it. And as they continued racing when I was super young, I was just always there at the racetrack uh there's these little like toy dirt bikes i'd be playing with in the sand while they were out there on the track and then slowly but surely they just kept me riding kept me riding and then eventually i got into the racing and just got hooked wow that's awesome so you almost didn't have a choice it was more like something you were born into yeah pretty much but i'm definitely glad i was because i think motocross is one of the best sports out there specifically for just how it sets you up for life because it's very, very different. And it's just a unique way to grow up in a unique environment, but a very, very good environment to grow up in. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm very glad. And I feel lucky that I was born into it. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that have been helpful in other areas outside of racing? Man, there's a lot. Um, one of the biggest things I'd say from racing is the importance that mindset has overall, but also just learning how to lose and learning how to come back from losses. Because when it comes to racing, I mean, pretty much in any sport, but obviously my experiences with racing is that most of the time there's a lot more losing than there is winning. Like you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win most of the time, especially when you're coming up through the ranks and you're really like just getting into your zone and figuring things out and learning and getting better, you're going to have so many more losses than wins. And to be able to learn to deal with that and to go through those emotions and to go through those losses and be able to come back stronger and be able to learn from those losses and mistakes in order to get better is one of the best lessons I'd say out there. Cause it's the same thing, whether it was in my businesses or, whatever it is. I mean, you got to just learn to push through those losses and those mistakes and everything in order to get better. So I'd say that was one of the biggest things. Yeah, that's, that's so important. So I think that a lot of people have this mindset about trials, about difficulties, about these sort of walls that we run into as those being things that we should try and avoid. And I understand yeah. where that feeling comes from because they're not enjoyable. They're very uncomfortable. At the same time, those are such great spaces to grow and develop and learn about ourselves and come out stronger than right. we were before. And so I think this mentality that you're talking about, where rather than avoiding those things, we recognize that they're inevitable and we embrace the value that they provide, however uncomfortable that might yeah. be, that's such a better perspective. And there's a greater ROI when we go through those things. So for you, was that something that you had Definitely. to recognize gradually or was that more instantaneous, like that light bulb coming on? What was that experience like? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was kind of a bit of both because it took me a long time to really get a good grasp and a hold of like how important the losing side of it is. And I think it was kind of a light bulb moment in a way when it comes to kind of when I figured out how important mindset is and how you approach anything mentally and specifically with racing and competing, how important the mental side of it is. And kind of when I learned that and figured it out for myself, then I started realizing like, oh, wow, like these 
like losing and losing these races is so important, not only for racing, but it also sets me up for everything else in life. And you learn the most from those mistakes and those losses. You learn a hell of a lot more than, than winning and mm-hmm. all of those and all those types of things. But, but no, it was also gradual though, because I mean, it took me a long time to figure out that it was a good thing. Cause I had so many times where I would be, I'd finish a race and it would just not go my way. And I would just be cursing the world and I'd be throwing a giant tantrum and just so emotional. And, and I'd be just hating the sport. I'd literally just be like screaming, like, I am so sick of this. I am so done with this. I hate this sport. Like I'm never doing this again. And then a few hours later, I'm going out for my next race. And yeah, so I, it took me a long time to learn it, but now that I have, and ever since I have, I've kind of, whenever a race didn't go my way, instead of getting all emotional and stuff like that, I've kind of looked at it and I'm kind of like, all right, well, that one didn't go my way, but what, why didn't it, like, what went wrong? What did I do wrong? What mistakes did I make? How can I prepare for my next race better? Like what were the other guys out there doing better than I was? So I kind of look at it more of just whenever something doesn't go my way, I le- I look at it as a way to learn from it and kind of a lesson so that I can set myself up better for the future. Because in the past, I think I kind of looked at it as like the world was against me and I was so unlucky and, and things just didn't go my way and all this stuff, which is just so pathetic to look at things that way. And then obviously gradually over time, I learned that that is just a horrible way to look at things. Mm-hmm. So it was gradual and also a light bulb combined. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to point out that there's a huge difference between learning to lose well, like you're talking about, and then not desiring to win. Because even though you recognize yeah. all of these things now about the value that comes from losing, what you can learn, how you can improve going forward. It doesn't diminish in any way your desire to win every race that you're a part of. Yeah, and that competitive fire is still there, but your response oh, when yeah. you do lose is different because it's no longer a major setback so much as it is an opportunity to improve the way you do things so that you come back stronger and better the next time. And I imagine this oh, is yeah. what... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, oh, yeah, like that that's a really good point. Like it definitely yeah. doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that like I want to win more than anything, but losing is a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I imagine this mindset shift or this new and improved mindset that you've developed has probably played a role in some of the other things that you've done in addition to oh, yeah. motocross. So tell us a little bit about what else you're doing. Yeah, so. I also, I started my first business at 15 and just online business stuff and kind of got into that space and everything and just got really addicted to that um, alongside the racing. And then over the last few years, I've been really digging into the business side of things. This year, that's all I've done. I haven't raced at all. I actually haven't raced in over a year. And actually my first race in over a year is literally this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. But um but no, I literally went completely into business this year. And then last couple years, I've been racing nationally and kind of balancing that with running a business. And my main business I've been doing is a marketing agency, uh, which I've traveled to South Africa because that's where my previous business partner lives. And I traveled there and, and lived there part time throughout the last few years, which was amazing. Like, I, I absolutely love it out there down in Cape Town. Um, and I can't wait to go back. But But no, I've definitely used a lot of those lessons with it because obviously with the business stuff, like there's been 
times where things just were not going well, like things were going the opposite of well. And just, it seemed like there was no silver lining coming, but I just had to keep pushing. And I knew that, that eventually things would turn around. Like I really like, I can't remember who said it, but he basically was like, um, this too shall pass, which is basically whether it's good or bad, it will pass. Like if you're in a really bad scenario right now and things are going really wrong, eventually that period will pass and it'll end up being good again. But the same thing is for the good. Like when things are really going well, it's still good to understand like this period will also pass. And eventually things are going to happen and things are going to go wrong. But as long as you understand that, then whether you're on the really high end of the spectrum or things are going great or things are on the opposite end of the spectrum and they're going horribly, you can still kind of remain in that calm state of like, okay, this is temporary and let's either enjoy it while we can, or let's try and learn from it and, and get out of it as quickly as we can. But really just staying in that calm state um, is really important. But I kind of forgot what the main point was. But <laughs> No, that's so good. So just to riff on that for a minute, one of the things that has helped me in that area recently is looking hard at the data. So as a solopreneur, oh, yeah. as a business owner as well, it's very easy for me to ride the roller coaster. The high days are awesome. You feel on top of the world. You feel like nothing will ever stop you. And then it can even be the yeah. next day and nothing happens like things are quiet and you feel like the world is falling around you. And so I've been trying to really focus in on the data, like looking at what I've done over the last three months, last six months, like averaging everything out over a prolonged period of time and recognizing yeah. like these numbers are good. If I just continue to do the actions that produced these numbers in the first place, then even if I just sustain what I've been doing, that's going to be a good thing. So it doesn't alleviate me of responsibility maybe but it reminds me that things are yeah. not as good and not as bad as I might feel like they are in the present moment yeah. and if I continue to do the the leading metrics that have led to these lagging results then I'm probably going to be fine obviously not everything is under yeah. control but that for me kind of gets me out of my own head so yeah no definitely and to be honest that's one of the biggest things that i say i've learned and it took me a bit and i can actually thank my previous business partner and he's still my really really good friend now and he's down in south africa but he's the one who taught me this because it would blow my mind how calm he always was like i never saw him upset and i never saw him super excited or anything it blew my mind his level of calm all the time like i just didn't understand it and, uh, but eventually I learned, he literally taught me it and I, it made no sense to me at first. I was like, what, that is a really horrible way to live. Like, why would you want to live that way? But eventually it clicked. And it's funny because I've had so many lessons from motocross that I transferred into business, but then I've also had a lot of lessons from business that I transferred into motocross. So it was really, it's just been this like continuous cycle of like really just translating things and connecting the dots. But one big thing with the business side was keeping that state of calm because he would tell me how like I needed to, regardless of how good things were or how bad things were, you just need to stay in this state of calm instead of this like constant up and down that most people, including myself in the past go through when, with their emotions. And a prime example is when I was in South Africa the first time, and this was uh end of 2021, I was down in Johannesburg working with him and working with our team and everything. And we were at the office 
I hadn't closed a new client or a deal in weeks. Like I hadn't closed a single client in weeks. It had been like my longest dry spell I had had. And I was just dying to, to close a client. I had multiple sales calls and it just was not, I couldn't close one. And then all of a sudden I got on this sales call with this super cool guy. One of the coolest clients I've had, I've been able to work with. And it was my, not only my first deal in South Africa and also my first deal in like weeks, but it was also the biggest deal I've ever made even to this day. And it was from one call, it was 14 grand paid on the call. And I was ecstatic. I was like over the moon. As soon as the call ended, I jumped out of the like booth that I was in and I ran to him and the team. I was like over the moon, just excited talking about and everything. And he was super smart because he let me do that. And he let me kind of be excited and he congratulated me. But later he came and talked to me. He was like, hey, dude, congrats. But make sure that you stay in that state of calm, like regardless of how big the sale is or whatever it is, stay in that state of calm. And I never understood what he meant by that because it didn't make sense. I was like, yeah, but I want to be excited. Like I want to feel that excitement. I want to be, I want to feel good. You know, I don't want to just be calm all the time. Like that doesn't make sense. But then I realized that if you practice that where you're calm all the time, then when things are going really, really well, if you're able to just still stay calm and be like, all right, this is great. That's awesome. Let's keep going. Then you can also, when things are going really bad, you can still stay in that state of calm and be like, all right, this isn't ideal, but let's see how we can figure out how to fix this or get out of it. Whereas if you're constantly like, like all of us know that one person who is, uh, like they're the happiest person ever. Like they're just happy go lucky. They're the most ecstatic person in the world. But when they are not, they're like the worst person to be around ever because they've got that massive gap when it comes to their emotions. So I just kind of learned that if you can practice that state of calm constantly, then regardless of the situation, you're able to just stay in control of your emotions and then react to it in the best way, which that helps with the business side of things because things go wrong all the time and you got to handle it well and not let your emotions take control. But it's the same thing with racing. Like whenever I would say win a race or, or qualify for a big race, like Loretta Lynn's or something like that, I'd be super excited and super pumped, but I'd still stay calm. And then if something went really, really wrong and maybe I threw away a really important race or something like that in the past, my emotions would go nuts and I'd throw those tantrums. Whereas now I can still stay just in that state of calm and really approach it. Like, okay, that, that was not ideal. That sucks. But what, what happened? Like, why did this go wrong? What could we learn from it? How can we do better next time? How can we avoid this next time? All those types of things. So kind of long story, but that's like one of the biggest things that I've learned that just translates into every area. Yeah. And it builds on what we were talking about before in a really cool way, because we start with talking about how you learn how to lose well and take those lessons away and not beat yourself up yeah. too much after a loss. But then there's also this element where you have to learn how to win well, not get too high when things are good. And I don't think that's something yeah. that we think about quite as much, but to me, it seems equally valuable. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's so good. Well, we're getting to the end of our conversation here. So I know one thing that you do is you help people with developing mindset in large part based on these lessons that you've learned from having to lose well, having to win well. And I know one person you're especially passionate about helping is somebody who's stuck, somebody who's unable to move forward. Maybe it's mindset, maybe it's something different. 
you could probably make the argument that it's mindset more often than not, but based on your experiences, what advice would you give to that person? I, uh, I would say there was somebody close to me who was actually dealing with that recently. And what I was basically saying is I was like, I think you've just lost touch of what your why is and why you're doing what you're doing and where you're looking to go. Because I think that feeling of being stuck, I think it's a hundred percent mental because it's about your situation And if your situation isn't ideal, then if you're working to get out of your situation and you're working your butt off in order to fix whatever it is that's wrong, or you're working to get to the point that you're looking to go to, if you know where you're going and you're working towards it, then I don't think you're going to feel very depressed, sad, and stuck because you're actively working on it. And you know that you're making progress, but that feeling of stuck and depressed and all those types of things. I think it's kind of like if you're standing out in the middle of a desert and you don't know where your destination is, then there's a gazillion different directions that you can walk in and you have no idea where to go. Like that is that feeling of stuck. But if you at least know where the destination is, then you can now kind of figure out, okay, well, how can I get there? Like, what are the steps I can take in order to get there? What's like the fastest and best route that I can take to get there? And then obviously you can start making progress on it but aside from the destination uh because i know even because i I definitely speak to a younger audience because i'm young myself but i know that for the younger audience a lot of us especially guys we set that destination as like the the sports car or the really really good looking lady or whatever it is like just having that like flex and stuff which i look at those things as milestones it's like okay sweet I was able to buy this awesome car. Like that's awesome, but that's not like the destination. That's just like a milestone. It's cool. It's like a, um, a reward for getting to this point, but you're still moving towards that destination, which I also don't think there's like an end point. It's kind of like a, there's always a bigger mountain to climb sort of thing. But aside from setting the destination, I think it's also important to figure out why you're looking to get there. You know, because if you just set the day, destination of like, Uh, I want to be a millionaire. I want to make a million dollars or I want to be the champion of X, Y, Z. Then that's great, but that's still not very powerful. And when it comes to the motivation side of things, like motivation is, is okay. But if you have a why and you know, like why you're looking to get to wherever it is, like if you say, I want to be a millionaire, but the reason why is because I am sick and tired of my family struggling and my parents having to work a job that they absolutely hate and having to look at every dollar they spend and not being able to get the things they want and travel and go on vacations. Like that's a powerful why. And that'll, every time you're not feeling motivated, you're going to think, I want to be a millionaire, but God, I really, really hate the situation my family's in. Like I have to fix that for them. So that's, that's enough motivation for you right there. But I think the why is the biggest part of it. So long story short, I think it's figuring out where you're looking to go and then why you're looking to get there. And as long as it's strong enough, then at that point you figure out, okay, like how can I get there? Like what are the steps I can take? And then you can at least start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good reminder. And I'm even wondering if that connects back with this idea of not getting too high or too low with the more instantaneous like setbacks and wins that we experience oh, yeah. along the way. Because even as those things happen, are big hairy audacious why as i hear people describe it that way that's not changing yeah yeah no definitely it it all it all connects together and Mm -hmm. i think it's all like it's all so mental like even with uh sports and stuff i always say that 
it's 80% mental, 20% skill. Cause I mean, even the races, like I'll, I'll be watching the races and stuff um, like this past weekend and everything. And it's funny how some guys like Jet Lawrence, he's like the guy right now. Some guys like him show up every single time and just kill it every time. And then other guys, they'll show up and then like one race, they'll be back in like 10th, 9th, 15th, whatever. But then all of a sudden at, at one race, they're like winning and they won it. And it's like, how did they do that? They didn't all of a sudden get better in a week and like all of a sudden figure out some secret or hack or whatever that all of a sudden got them so much better than everybody else. It was simply the fact that they showed up differently mentally to that particular race. Now, whatever it is that had them in the right mental state, who knows? Like, who knows? But whatever it was, it got them fired up and in the zone and in their flow to where they were able to go out there and perform at their absolute best and actually kill it. And that's kind of what I try and talk about a lot is I was able to figure that out with my racing specifically is being able to get in the zone and get in the flow to where you're able to perform at your best every time you go out and race, ride, whatever it is, so that you're not getting in your own head. Um, because that's what I dealt with for the longest time. Like literally I only figured that out like two years ago. And up until that point, I always got in my own head. Like that was the biggest thing that held me back. So I'm looking forward to getting back into the racing right now because I've got that figured out. So I'm looking to really come back. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Logan, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and insight with us. You mentioned yeah. your audience is primarily younger. And I understand that being someone who's a little bit younger still myself. But I think young and old people are going to find value from this. So if anybody wants to continue the conversation with you or learn more about what you have going on, where can people find you? Yeah, they could just go to my Instagram, which is just Logan underscore lesser. And I'm just posting on there every day. And they could obviously reach out to me there if they need help with anything. Um, and then I also just have some, I, I launched a digital like playbook ebook type thing recently for racers specifically, but even just athletes. So I'm going to be putting stuff like that on there that I think can help people a lot. But, uh, but yeah, no, just my Instagram, Logan underscore Lester is where people can find me. Perfect. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. Logan, thanks again Wait. for your time. This was awesome. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, 
season, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com mfrp. That's betterhelp.com mfrp. Check it out and sign up today.